Chapter Four of All in the Day's Work by Ida Tarbell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A start and a retreat. If I had been going on my honeymoon, I should scarcely have been more expectant or more curious than I was in August of eighteen eighty when I left home to take my first position, preceptress of Poland Union Seminary, Poland, Mahoning County, Ohio, five hundred dollars a year and board yourself poland was not a long journey from my home four or five hours i found the village delightful it had the air of having been long in existence as it had here there was no noise of railroads no sign of the coal and steel and iron industries which encircled it but had never passed its boundaries here all people seemed to me to live tranquilly in roomy houses with pleasant yards or on nearby farms where there were fine horses and fat-blooded sheep and where planting and harvesting went ahead year in and year out in orderly fashion the chief and only industry of poland was its seminary now about thirty years old it was a community enterprise started in eighteen forty eight by mr b f lee the financial agent who had hired me everybody in the village had subscribed to its endowment practically every church had at one time or another been its patron the long depression of the seventies had crippled its finances sadly but times were better now and the well-to-do presbytery of mahoney county had agreed to take it under its care but i was soon to learn that poland union seminary in spite of the patronage of the presbytery lived on a narrow and worn shoestring moreover i at once divined kind as those were who were responsible for my being there that i had been injected into a situation of which mr lee had given me no hint strong enough to penetrate my inexperience it was serious enough as on the very day the school bell first rang for me the villagers began to let me know men and women would stop me on the street to say so it's you that's taking miss blakely's place you have no idea how badly we feel about her resigning i went to school to her my father and mother went to school to her i had hoped all my children would go to her she was a wonderful teacher a beautiful character you look pretty young you haven't had much experience have you i was not long in learning that the devotion of the community to miss blakely was deserved the village was right in honouring her in mourning her it no doubt felt a certain satisfaction in letting me know at the start it in no way regarded me as an adequate substitute its insistence was such that before the end of my first fortnight i was ready to resign my morale would hardly have been so quickly shaken if i had not at once discovered to my consternation that there was an important part of my duties which was in danger of proving too much for me the worst of it was that it concerned the largest block of pupils in an institution where every pupil counted where mr lee regarded it as of vital importance that every pupil be given what he wanted here he advertised you could prepare for college here you could have special advanced work in anything you wanted and mr lee was right if the seminary was to live as a cog in the country's educational wheel somebody ought to write perhaps somebody has written of the passing of this once valuable institution it came before the college and the high school and for a time did the work of both 
but when the high school began to prepare students for the college and the colleges added preparatory departments and at the same time offered special courses the seminary slowly realized that it must either go out of business or combine with one or another of its healthy growing rivals in a few places as in poland village the seminary was hanging on tenaciously trying to demonstrate that it was still a better man than these new undertakings these high schools these colleges with their preparatory schools the faculty which was to make the demonstration at poland was made up of three persons in order of rank the president the preceptress her assistant the acting president insisted on all the perquisites of his title his chief duty he regarded as conducting the chapel with more or less grandiloquent remarks when my assistant and i complained of too much work he would scowl and say that his executive duties made it impossible for him to take on more classes the result was that i started out with two classes in each of four languages greek latin french and german as well as classes in geology botany geometry trigonometry in addition there was my threatened waterloo the two largest classes in the school one in what was called verb grammar the other percentage arithmetic so named from the points in the textbooks where the term's work began from time immemorial these two classes had been conducted in the interests of the district school teachers of the territory it was the custom for these teachers to spend one term a year in the seminary where regardless of the number of years they had been teaching the number of times they had treated themselves to a period of study they always so i was told insisted on their verb grammar and their percentage arithmetic it was like a ritual as they were the numerical backbone of the institution there was nothing so important in the judgment of the management as their satisfaction it was a killing schedule for one person but i was so eager so ridiculously willing so excited and also so fresh from college that i did not know it indeed as i look back on it i think i did fairly well all things considered i should have had no great alarm about my success if it had not been for the grammar and the arithmetic from the first day i realized i was on ground there which once familiar was now almost unintelligible i could and did teach my geometry and trig with relish i could and did pilot fairly advanced classes in four languages so that the pupils at least never discovered that in one of them i was far beyond my depth and that in all of them at times i knew myself to be skating on thin ice but these district school teachers several of them older than i were not to be deceived or bluffed they had had experience i had not and like the villagers of poland they proposed to make me realize that no college diploma could make up for inexperience experience in percentage arithmetic and verb grammar came from doing the same examples and diagramming and parsing the same sentences year after year and going back to teach them in their communities many of these examples were tricky many of the sentences were ambiguous they had learned solutions for both solutions which had the backing of tradition i was soon terrified lest i be trapped 
so scared i would wake up in the night in cold sweats this was my state of mind when one day the most important man in the village robert walker the local banker stopped me on the street sis he said he was to always call me sis sis you are following a fine teacher i could have wept the same old story but don't worry what you must do is keep a stiff upper lip oh thank you sir i said as i hurried on lest i cry in the street but that keep a stiff upper lip coming from the man it did restored me and i resolved cost what it would to find a way to master my district school teachers true it took me two months to discover the weak place in their armor finally i learned they were solving problems and parsing sentences not according to principles but according to answers they had learned the reason they insisted on going over them year after year at the seminary was to keep the solutions in their memory i had no skill in solving puzzles but i did know something about the principles and determined to try them on problems and sentences that were not in their books or any books to which they had access and so one day luckily for me before they had a chance to demonstrate my incapacity as two or three of them i am confident were expecting to do i casually put on the board two or three rather tough examples from outside arithmetics two or three not simple sentences from grammars i felt sure they had never seen i always recall with satisfaction the perplexity with which the two or three young men i most feared looked at what i had set for them their injured protest but those examples are not in our books what difference does that make the only important thing is that you know the principles if you can't apply them why learn them after a month of excursions into territory unfamiliar to them i had them humbled and slowly grasping certain new ideas i knew i was regarded with respect it was the one conquest in the two years i spent as the preceptress of the poland union seminary of which i was proud before these two years were up mr lee must have realized he would never get from me the help he needed in his ambition to preserve the school as a seminary that i would never become another miss blakely he wanted someone ambitious to make teaching a life work i was not teaching was a mere stepping-stone in my plan of life and at poland union seminary it had proved a slippery stone from the time i bounded out of bed in the morning for in those days i did bound out of bed until i dropped into it at an early hour dead tired i had no time for my microscope it had become dusty on the table but the passion for it and what it might reveal was still strong in me my confidence that i could save money to continue my studies on five hundred dollars a year had proved illusory i found myself coming out short obliged to borrow from my father there came to be a mutual if unspoken agreement between mr lee and me that i should resign neither of us was getting what he had hoped and so at the end of the second school year june eighteen eighty two i gave up teaching as a stepping-stone so far as i could then see or did see for a long time this first effort in an independent self-directing life was an interlude which had no relation to what i wanted at the time to do or what as it turned out i did do 
the most lasting impressions and experiences in this poland interlude had little or nothing to do with my work in the seminary they came from the friendships i formed while that work went on centering in the family of the understanding gentleman who had at the outset stopped me on the street to say keep a stiff upper lip i was soon to realize that this shrewd bit of advice was instigated by his daughter clara who was to become and who remains one of my dearest friends indeed it was due to her understanding and affection that my two years in poland quite apart from the professional disappointment in them were the gayest most interesting and in many ways the happiest of my life up to that time clara walker or dot as high and low in and about poland called her was a fine example of the out-of-door girl of the eighties the girl who had revolted against lacing high heels long skirts and substituted for them an admirable uniform of independence tailor-made coat and skirt high-necked shirtwaist with four-in-hand tie flat heels this outfit suited clara walker's sturdy figure her vigorous and free movement her eyes suited her costume for they were gray direct merry looking unwaveringly on everybody and everything dot was close-mouthed but when she sensed possible unfairness in a situation which interested or concerned her she had her own wordless way of dealing with it it was she who realized the determination of the villagers of poland to make me feel that i could never fill miss blakely's place to their satisfaction she was loyal as they to the old teacher but she wanted me to have my chance and the first week of school announced herself my champion by appearing at the door of the seminary as i was making my weary way out at the end of the day wouldn't you like to take a drive she said and there stood her smart turnout what an escape from verb grammar and percentage arithmetic and my growing inferiority complex from that time she never lagged in her determination to help me conquer my problem by taking me away from it she apparently took real pleasure in showing me the country never a week that we did not go somewhere into town for the theatre the first time i saw mary anderson then the most beloved actress as well as the most beautiful woman in the country was in youngstown in pygmalion to big farms with great flocks of blooded sheep and horses and ponies to coal mines and iron mills to little old towns and run-down settlements skipped like poland by the invasion of industry clara peopled all these various places with the unadorned realistic tales of living and dead men and women she had been born and had grown up in mahoning county she had a widely scattered family connection but most important was her genuine interest in all human beings and theirs in her she was a perfect listener never prying people liked to talk to her she never forgot related things judged shrewdly and kindly with the result that she had in her mind a map of the human life of the country quite as reliable as a road map a map in warm humorous colors years later i realized that in those two years in poland i had had under my eyes a vivid picture of what happens to the farmer his home his town his children when industry invades his land this mahoning country had been so rich 
so apparently stable the men and women so loved what they and their forebears had done that they yielded slowly to the coal miner and the millman but they were giving way in the eighties the furnace was in the back yard of the fine old houses with their ample barns and the shaft of the coal mine in the richest meadows the effort to reconcile the two was making but industry was conquering the destruction of beauty the breaking down of standards of conduct the growth of the love of money for money's sake the grist of social problems facing the countryside from the inflow of foreigners and the instability of work all this was written for him who could read i could not read them but i gathered a few impressions which i realize now helped shape my future interests and thinking it was on these long drives i first learned that not cities alone but all communities have dregs slums strange that it should be in such a place as poland but here it was a disreputable fringe where a group of men and women had long been living together with or without marriage you heard strange tales of incest and lust of complete moral and social irresponsibility and they were having a scandalously jolly time of it why i was not more shocked i do not know probably because incest and lust were almost unknown words to me in those days and there were indelible impressions of the industrial world when we drove into youngstown ten miles away we passed between iron furnaces lying along the mahoning river after the long depression of the seventies they were again busy and into the valley were coming hundreds and hundreds of foreigners brought from europe by the news that there was once again work in the united states it was in passing through the very heart of this furnace district one night returning from the theatre that i first learned of the terrible dangers that lie in the smelting of ore a furnace had burst men had been trapped by the molten metal and their charred remains were being carried across the road unforgettable horror and it was on one of these chance drives that i first saw what women can do in moments of frenzied protest against situations which they cannot control first had my faith challenged in the universally peaceful nature of my sex i learned the meaning of maenads furies as we came upon a maddened threatening crowd rushing towards the offices of the mills which had been shut down without warning it was led by big robust shrieking women their hair flying their clothes dishevelled it was a look into a world of which i knew nothing but like the charred bodies carried across the road as i rode from the theatre it was an unforgettable thing there were other introductions to the industrial world less horrifying it was while in poland that i first went into a coal mine a deep old-fashioned coal mine a subsidiary to a farm under some of these great farms with their blooded sheep their fine orchards and fields their horses and ponies coal had been found and it was being mined as a sideline of the farm a new kind of crop near the head of the shaft were little houses for the miners and when dull times came and the mine was shut down the farmers took on their care there was a slaughter of an immense number of pigs the putting down of barrels of pork the smokings of an incredible number of hams the making of sausages and head cheese but why why all this i asked 
oh said my hostess mining is unstable business when there are long shutdowns we must help the miners out see that they have food the intimacy with dot walker gave me a home mrs walker treated me as a daughter and as for robert walker who still called me sis he liked to have me around and to give me a word of wise counsel now and then it is because in those months i learned him to be as kindly shrewd honest simple-minded a man as i have ever known that i must interrupt my narrative long enough to put in here the story of one of the cruelest episodes of which i personally have known in the fifty years that i have been a more or less understanding observer of our national political life the story is of robert walker and his one-time friend william mckinley the twenty-fifth president of the united states when i became an intimate of the walker household a person i often heard mentioned by its head was the major major mckinley now it was not in eighteen eighty a name unfamiliar to me i had met it already at allegheny college where mckinley had once been a student when the civil war broke out he had joined the exodus of students who had volunteered at the first call he had come out of the war a major studied law and settled in canton ohio only sixty or seventy miles from poland and in the same congressional district here in eighteen seventy six the mahoning district as it was called had sent him to congress it was a matter of interest in allegheny in my time to have one of its former students turn out a congressman its usual crop being teachers preachers and missionaries when i came to poland i learned quickly that mckinley had lived there as a boy had attended the seminary and was their proudest example of the boy who had made good for four years he had been their congressman how they boasted of him how solidly they voted for him i was not long in the walker household before i sensed something more in robert walker than a citizen's pride in mckinley it was that species of adoration a modest honest-minded man often has for his leader the leader who can do no wrong i realized this when i first saw them together the major had come to our seminary commencement in june of eighteen eighty one i remember nothing at all of the speech he made but the scene on the wide green in front of the village church after the exercises were over remains vivid scattered about were scores upon scores of girls and women in the frilly white gowns the long white feather boas the flower-trimmed hats the gay parasols of the period and in and out wound the major shaking hands smiling exchanging friendly greetings altogether at home no back-slapping no kissing of babies it was all so gentle so like a picture of an english garden party where the politics are hidden beneath the finest of social veneers and there was robert walker most effulgent well sis he asked me later what do you think of the major a remark to which he expected no answer what answer other than his could there be what i did not know then was that from the beginning of william mckinley's political career robert walker had been his chief and for a time i think his only financial backer beginning with his first campaign for congress in eighteen seventy five mr walker had advanced the major two thousand dollars for expenses 
he continued equal advances before each successive campaign the understanding that one thousand dollars a year was to be paid on the debt along with this financial support went a staunch support of all the major's political ideas these ideas were those of the republican party and for men like robert walker the party was hallowed it was the party of lincoln loyalty to lincoln required loyalty to all that was directly or indirectly connected with him is robert lincoln a dude one of my mahoning county acquaintances asked me years later when i told him that i had been talking with robert lincoln about his father is he a dude by which he meant as i took it a kind of ward mcallister no no not that i assured him well he said reflectively even if he was a dude i would vote for him for president because he is abraham lincoln's son the chief test of loyalty to the party of lincoln in ohio was the degree of support given to the high protective tariff william mckinley's support was devout and unqualified he looked on a duty so low that it allowed importations as a species of treason there was tin plate for example the year that i went to poland eighteen eighty mckinley first espoused a duty on tin plate there was strong opposition among iron and steel manufacturers they felt they already had all they could look after in congress but when they told this to mckinley his answer was that unless they supported tin plate he would not support their tariffs naturally they yielded and tin plate was added to their list of proteges mckinley felt so sure of ultimate victory for the duty that he evidently did not hesitate to advise his friends to get ready for its coming at all events he encouraged robert walker suggested to him in fact that he establish in youngstown ohio a stamping plant for the making of tinware taking with him as partner his brother-in-law andrew j duncan as andrew duncan had no money to invest the major gave to mr walker a sheaf of signed notes to be used whenever he had need of money now robert walker was not a manufacturer he was a farmer and a good one a coal operator the banker of the village of poland in the surrounding country but it was not in robert walker's nature to refuse to help the major or his relatives in their ambitions as he had already frequently proved indeed at that time he was backing mckinley's brother abner in a business venture which was soon to fail with loss of all he had put in but robert walker's faith in mckinley's wisdom was such that he could not conceive of failure in anything he advised the plant was started in eighteen ninety there could not have been a more unlucky moment to launch a new industry the long depression of the nineties was beginning iron and steel were already seriously affected money was tight robert walker found himself almost at once forced to use the major's notes he found only too soon that he had embarked on a hopeless undertaking and in february of eighteen ninety three the works were closed now at that moment mark hanna and his colleagues on the national republican committee were counting on william mckinley to win the presidential election for them in eighteen ninety six the announcement that he was involved in the walker failure to the tune of some one hundred thousand dollars more than the combined fortune of himself and wife was a cruel blow to their plan mckinley was straightforward with them he had signed the notes 
he must give up politics go back to the law and pay his honest debts but that could not be permitted he was too important one hundred thousand dollars was a small sum compared to what the republican committee expected from his election the money was raised not so quietly it became necessary to explain how mckinley had become involved to this amount and the explanation which mckinley's political friends put out was that he was a victim of a man named walker as mark hanna's able biographer herbert crowley calls him a man whom he had trusted and who deceived him as to the amount of money he was raising on his notes that is the republican committee deliberately put on robert walker the stigma of fraud presented him to the public as a man who had betrayed confidence and william mckinley never denied their presentation i have it from robert walker and from his daughter that no note of william mckinley was ever cashed without consulting him and i believe them moreover andrew duncan was in this enterprise and knew what was going on it is an interesting fact that when my friend clara walker who kept the accounts for the mckinleys and her father went the morning after the announcement of the failure to her office in youngstown all her books had disappeared along with many papers which belonged to the firm i had been living abroad for two years when all this happened but just before i had left america i had talked with robert walker about his venture the money he was trying to raise on mckinley's notes his confidence was untarnished the major knows sis he will see this thing through i'd do anything to back him and he did when i returned to see my friends i found they had given up practically everything and robert walker himself was utterly broken by the ignominy heaped on him i begged him to give me his side of the story let me tell it told him i would never rest until i had an opportunity to put down what i knew of his long support of the major's ambitions what i believed of him as a man of unselfish integrity he absolutely and finally refused nobody would ever believe the major could do anything wrong i didn't but the major had allowed the oldest and most loyal friend he had in his public life to be ruined not only in fortune but in reputation now that robert walker and mrs walker are both gone and reviving the episode can no longer give them pain it gives me a certain solace to put down the story as i believe it i was leaving poland but what was i to do to-day with my passion for the microscope still undimmed i would naturally seek a place in one of the many laboratories now open to women hundreds of women in the country bent on scientific research are now in industrial institutional or governmental laboratories but in eighteen eighty two there was almost nothing of that kind open to women the change is due first to the tremendous advance in scientific research second to the way women have proved their adaptability to laboratory work no doubt the great majority of them are like the majority of women in offices laboratory wives but we have inspired workers among them probably all things considered as large a proportion as among men if things had been as they were in eighteen seventy six when i asked my father if he could put me through college and he had so cheerfully and happily i think agreed i could have asked to be financed for higher studies 
but things were not as they had been and it would have been quite out of the question in eighteen eighty two when i decided that my first step towards economic independence was mistaken for him to finance me the country was coming into a new depression that of eighty three and eighty four and the oil business was in a serious state for those who produced the oil but my home was open wide open i think it was this fact that is at the bottom of my strong conviction that the home is an essential link in the security of men and women after one has gone forth on his own there frequently comes a time when he is shelterless as far as his own resources go to have a refuge of which he is sure is one of the most heartening and stabilizing experiences in a life if my poland venture was a failure professionally it did not throw me on the street i had a place to go and think it over when i asked my mother if it would be all right for me to come home her answer was what it was always to be in the future when i was obliged more than once to make the request of course that is your right that is my father and mother looked on the home they had created not as something belonging only to them a place they had for their comfort and privacy it was a place for all of those in the family procession who had no other place to go in turn i saw that home open to grandmother and grandfather aunts and uncles children and grandchildren quite regardless of the extra burden it put on their resources limitations on their space the irritations and complications that are always bred by the injection of extra persons however beloved and close into a settled group it was june eighteen eighty two that i went back home dusted my desk in the tower room now shared with my sister's playhouse and dolls set up my microscope and went to work on the hydrozoa but not for long End of chapter four